look great. You're doing good. You are fabulous. Yes, that's right. Welcome to the podcast for moms by this mama, keeping it raw, real, and unfiltered every Thursday. Let's get into Christian Mom Uncensored. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Christian Mom Uncensored. So if you haven't listened to my bonus episode, it was solely about traveling in Disney because I have, that's like heavily on my mind because I'm going in like three weeks, like two more weekends, and then that weekend I'm leaving. And so there I tell my tips, tricks, and funny stories about comments and things I see in the travel Facebook groups. And so I'm going to leave that there. I'll probably do like a three-part Disney travel um, at bonus episodes as we lead up to the trip because I'm so excited. I have so much to say. I have so many more tips. But um, this is a regular episode talking about regular mom stuff. And I have things to say because motherhood is no joke and I'm very pregnant. So let's get to chatting. I feel like <laughs> the role of mom is so much because you uh, always have someone touching you or needing you and then if it's not your child it's your husband and it's hard because it's like where is their time to do all these things I heard something like I heard some advice and I don't remember what I heard it it's like the two 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 rule for a successful marriage it's like you go on a date um twice a month you go on a like weekend trip or a weekend away twice a year, and then you go on a week-long trip every two years, or, like, something like that, and I was like, that's really great. I think that I really should start at least incorporating date night twice a month, and I think that I can actually really find time for someone to babysit twice a month, and I can flip it, like, I need my mom to watch the kids once this month and I need my grandparents to watch the kids once this month or even their godparents and I can go do a date. Um, and, and I'm all, I'm a huge fan. Let me tell you, you get to your thirties, right? And everything, and you have kids. Now, if you don't have kids, I don't know how you feel. Cause like, I don't, I don't know what, if I did not have kids, I might feel differently, but I do. Um, and like nighttime activities are just not ideal ever, like ever nighttime activities are just not the vibe, like getting dressed and ready for a seven o'clock reservation, seven o'clock. Like, what are we talking about? I am a day person. So like once you become a parent, it is like day date. I want a day date. We could do a really beautiful lunch. And I know people are like, lunch isn't that nice. Um, But lunch can be beautiful. You can sit by the water. You can be gone. And also it kind of helps whoever's babysitting, right? Like they don't have to worry about, you know, like if my mom watches the kids from like 12 to 5, p.m. That's like a good five-hour date or something like that. Um, And during that time, my kids will sleep for two hours. And so it's like they get a break. She can, they can go to the park once it's summer. I feel like I just live for spring and summer. Like they can just do so many activities and I can go do an activity, have lunch, come back with the kids, do dinner, bath, and bed. And I can go to bed 
and it'll be great. Like, it's a good time with friends. If you, like, want to do, like, brunch, brunch is a great time. Um, if we're going to do, like, wine tasting during the day, day drinking, like, when you have kids, you have to do all of that because they will wake up the next morning and you will be tired. And so the sacrifice of staying up late as a mom to me is not worth it. And I do it, you know, weekly. I stay up late binging a show or scrolling on Instagram or TikTok. I don't even scroll on Instagram. Let me tell you, that's a lie. Scrolling on TikTok um, because I mentally just need those minutes of peace, but I always regret it in the morning. So yeah, I just feel like daytime activities are like where the parents are at. I'm also at the age too where I look young, right? Like I look young, like black don't crack. I age well. I don't, I don't look like I'm 30. I might look like I'm in like my mid twenties. I don't think I look like I'm 21. I think I look like I'm, you know, like 26, 25, I could pass for, um, people don't believe me when I'm like, no, 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 I'm 30. Like, Hey, um, I'm not 30 yet. I'll be 30 in like two months. But, um, what was I going with this? Black don't crack. Somebody age. I age well. Um, oh, but now I'm at the age where like, I will be out in the world and I see people and I'm like, oh, they're a lot younger than I am. Like they're in their early twenties and you can tell. And so I'm like, they probably can tell that I'm in my upper 20s, Um, my upper 20s. I'm in my like early 30s Um, because they just act different. I feel like you're it's such a fun period in your life that like 19 to 23 is like such a fun kind of age. And then like at 24, 25, you kind of start to transition a little bit. At least I did. But like 19 to 23 age, you're really just having the time of your life. Um, And you can tell that like. I was decently put together, but I was still a hot mess. And like, even just like drinks I would choose to drink and like the, like the way I, like my sleep schedule, it was just insane. Like now I can't do any of that. Um, and it's like, is it a factor of age or is it a factor of life? And I think it's both like at, you know, 18, like 19 to 20, two, I had like some jobs, but like, whatever I could show up. I didn't have kids. I didn't have responsibilities outside for get to work. And I knew after work, I could go home and take a nap and then get ready to go out that night, you know, or whatever. Um, once you have kids and you're married, it's like, I gotta go to bed because I gotta get up early. And I'm trying to, and you're trying to work on your routine. You're like, I want to hit the gym and I want to do all this other stuff. But it's just so funny to be older. And I'm sure it's even funnier for people who are like in their 40s or like, you know, oh, I remember when I was in my 30s and this happened or whatever. But yeah, I'm definitely out in the world. And it's funny because one of my, you guys know, um, Uncle Jordan, uh, he goes out a lot. And I feel like, well, we're at very different places. He's a single guy, right? He's a single guy who just turned 29. I am a married woman who is about to turn 30. So for him to be out at the club or out at the bars, it's, he could do it. I feel like if I were out, I would be like, I'm too old for, for this. Like, I don't want people touching me. Nobody's wearing a mask. Like, I've just become an old, crotchety person. My vibes, again, are a winery when I'm not pregnant, obviously. Like, sitting at a winery, doing a brunch, having a game night. That's what I want to do. I don't... And I, and in a karaoke night, don't get me wrong. I love, I love to 
get out and dance. I just don't know where people over 30 go out to dance. And I feel like I'm not going to a club. I feel like I'd be miserable at a club. Okay, moving on. So Elliot is signed up for preschool. He's going to go two times a week. He's going to be in the two class Tuesdays and Thursdays um, next year. And then Mia has kindergarten next year. And my babies are getting big. And I considered not sending Elliot to school. Um, but I will because he has three years ahead of him of preschool even though he will be three years old this fall. So he's like going to be older in the class, which I hear is better for them um, developmentally instead of trying to put them in when they're a little bit younger. Um, it's better to just, with the birthday cutoff thing, which is just like so bizarre, um, the way it falls. Um, I'm not sure if it's like, I don't know. I'd have to do some more research, but because he doesn't turn three until the end of October. Um, he will be in the two-year-old class when we start in September. And I feel like, well, he's about to be three. But honestly, for his temperament and like his developmental age right now, I think he needs to be in the two class. Like, he's not ready to be in the threes class. If it was Mia, I think it would have been different. Boys and girls are very different. My kids are very different. Um, but I, and I only wanted to do twice a week to start because he has so many years of preschool. So I could do twice a week this year, three times a week next year, five days a week the following year. You know what I mean? Or I could do like, you know, five days a week next year, half day, and then, or the following year, half day, and then like five days a week, full day, and then he'll be ready for elementary school. And I don't know how I'm going to do it. I'm just going to play it by what I think is in his best interest at the time. And right now, I feel like twice a week um, is a good intro for him um, to go to school. He is older, so like some of the skills, I assume that they would go over in the two-year-old class, he probably will have, um, just because he does have an older sibling that he copies and mimics, so he picks up on things pretty quickly. Um, so I don't think he needs like, pre I don't think he needs hardcore pre hard hardcore preschool and I was talking to a friend a while ago about when she was saying like not all kids go to preschool and I know that because you know preschool depending on where you live is or is not free in my area it's free it's a lottery system and I also think it's based off of um finance like finances I think or maybe um I haven't looked into it too much my thoughts were like if I can afford to send my kid to preschool then let me reserve that spot for someone who might really need their child in school all day and can't afford to, to pay for it. So I decided to just go ahead and pay for preschool and it's relatively cheap twice a week. Um, cheaper than what me I'm paying for Mia right now who goes every day, but she was, and I was like thinking about how jarring it must be to go from never going to school to going to elementary school and being there, you know, eight hours a day, five days a week. And she was like, yeah, she had a friend who did it. And I was like, I, I can't imagine what that would be like. But also remember, I'm the feely parent. And so I'm like, how are they emotionally developed? Um, if you're in a homeschool, I think it's different. <clears throat> or do you like a home group? I think you, you could be a little bit different than just sending them to like public school or even to private school where they're at school, you know, eight hours a day after being home eight hours a day. Um, 
but I, I don't know. I just feel like that would be a lot. For me, I am really interested in hybrid homeschooling in the future. I do for my family and for myself. Here's what I will say. I, and I've talked about it before. I was homeschooled. I went to public school. I went to private school and I can tell what was beneficial in some areas and what wasn't beneficial in other areas. And I think that it's hard because my husband, his mom was a public school educator. Um, her whole So like he's like all about public school and all about this. But I have like a different perspective. <clears throat> and so for me, when I was in elementary school, I was very shy, very, very, very shy, extremely went and talk because I didn't want to talk. I was shy. Um, and the teacher said I was dumb and my mom, I feel like did the coolest mom move and was like, fine, took me out of school and homeschooled me. Like you think she's dumb. I'm not going to tolerate that. Um, I, I think she might not have had many other options. Um, and we talked about it. We talked about it. She do. I do remember us having a conversation where I knew at the end of first grade, I wasn't going to second grade. Um, and, I did like school in some areas, but me being who I was, I think benefited from being homeschooled. Um, but, and I've kind of talked about it before, so I'm going to try to keep this brief. But I, in the fifth grade, when I was going into the fifth grade, I was in the fourth grade, I really, I started watching TV shows. So I was watching like Lizzie McGuire, like I'm a 90s kid, right? So I'm watching all these shows where there's kids at school and I wanted to go. And so my mom did let me go to the fifth grade. And by then I had worked on not being shy <laughs> and it was like an internal thing. I remember like, I'm going to go find somebody in the room and my goal for the day is to just talk to one person. And that kind of really reflects my personality as an adult now where like I'm goal oriented, I'm task oriented. Um, if you want me to like accomplish something, I, I do well with a to-do list. I do well with like planning and goal setting. And so I've kind of been doing that since I was fourth grade going into fifth grade. Like I'm going to go make a friend. And I had like a cute style and I made friends. And because I didn't really have friends except for neighborhood kids because I wasn't in a homeschool. I was in like a weird homeschool situation. But I will say what hindered me in homeschool was I'm not, I think what would have helped me is what I'll say. <clears throat> Sorry, is what I'll say. To this day, I'm not the best at math. Ironically, my job involves math. I'm not the best at math. And I don't believe that I... Um, it's just not my strong suit. And so I feel like because I always struggled with math, like ever since I was little, what would have been more beneficial was, yeah, sure, mom, homeschool me. And this might have been... Um, a choice based off of budget too. Like she could afford to homeschool me and she doesn't have to pay a teacher. She's doing it. She just is getting the books and going through the curriculum and paying whatever fees are fees. But to have like a specific tutor for math probably would have been helpful. There was a time I wasn't tutoring for math. That would have been helpful. But I will say socially, you can get some of that social development outside of school, but there's no place like school to get it. And so... Although I appreciate my homeschool background, going to school, I was probably a little weird at first. 
And it took me a while to like come into my own and figure out how to be normal because I wasn't around people. And so like social acceptable, you know, you know what's socially acceptable, whatever. Um, and so I do think that is helpful, which is why I'm a big fan of like a hybrid scenario where I want my kids to what going to school does. And the reason why I, you know, have considered homeschool, also I'm working, so it's not really feasible for me to do it well. And also I've sat down with my children and for, I, my kids are going to learn best if I'm not getting frustrated. And so it's just not the best scenario for me, but again, huge fan of hybrid would do something like that. What school allows and what I have seen in just sending me to preschool is an independence that can only come if you're away from the house from me, right? Especially with Elliot, who is completely different person when he's with me than when he's not with me. And so for me, I think it's important my kids go learn to be independent. Um, Because as a mom, I'm not like a hard mom. Like I'm a softy. I am a gentle parent. I am an attached parent. I am a feeling type parent. And so I'm not the best to make you independent. I'm not good at that. You need to go to school because at school, that's where you're going to learn to be independent. At home, I have to regularly not step in and let my kids figure things out for themselves. Um, Ethan's much better at that because he's their dad. But um, yeah, and so I've seen Mia like, she is shy. Elliot's not, but we'll see what his personality is once he gets to be three or four. Mia is shy, so she'll talk to her friends. She will walk, She approaches things cautiously. She likes to scan the area first. She likes to like assess the situation. Elliot is just going to run full speed into anything, does not care. He's like in, in the mix of everything. Um, but anyway, the reason why I'm talking about this is because from an elementary school point and Mia going to elementary school... What, have I, what I've heard so many times from elementary school teachers is, yes, it's important that they know all of these, you know, groundwork educational things that you could easily teach at home. They're like letters, numbers, counting. I don't know, like, like Mia can add and subtract, um, starting to work on reading, like, you know, and knowing those words. Yes, that's important. But what's even more important is that social aspect, because when your kid gets to the school age, you know, you're te- you have a teacher with like 20 kids in the class or however many kids in the class, depending on school and system and whatever. Um, it's going to be harder to regulate everyone socially than it is going to be, okay, this child needs help, you know with different like you know this child is not the best at writing these letters or has a hard time with m and n because they sound similar m and n so like working like it's easier to kind of pinpoint and work on okay i need to like you know let the parents know and set up you know this child needs more help with this area of learning compared to this child doesn't know how to listen when I'm telling everyone to come sit down in a circle. This child doesn't know how to go wash their hands when it's time to go wash hands. Like that's a little bit more important in terms of preparation. And so for the social aspect, I'm glad that Mia went to preschool. Um, I'm going to be very emotional when Elliot goes, but I think maybe I won't be. 
I know it was really contradictory. I think I'm going to be really emotional, but I think I won't be. I didn't sob when I dropped Mia off. I cried a little bit, but I also knew she was going to be okay. Also, on the first day, she didn't cry, so she tricked me. On the second day, she started crying. She was like, wait a minute, I have to go back to school. And then it became a thing where, like, she didn't want to go, and then she started playing games, like, oh, my tummy hurts, I don't want to go. And then I was like, oh, my gosh, your tummy hurts, you don't have to go. And then I got played, and then I had to learn that my kid was playing me, and I was like, man, I got played. How am I going to handle teenagers? They're really going to play me. Got to get smarter. <laughs> got to get more, you know, like, <laughs> quick with it. But, um, yeah, preschool is on my mind. And then also, you guys know, like, I like to take my kids out of school to travel. And I, I never grew up being that person. Like, once I got to high school, I just had to go to school. My mom did give me mental health days, like, if I needed it. But it wasn't all the time. But um, I've never been like, oh, I was in school for a week to travel. And I'm the type of parent that's like, if we haven't, like, missed... I feel like attendance is important, right? Like, there's some parents that are like, you have to show up for school every day. Like, this is your job. It's important. Yes, but life happens. Like, living life is also important. Work is important, and so is play, and so is family time. And so I'll pull you out of school for a minute for a vacation because I'm, I'm trying to go on vacation. Um, but it's all about timing. So like I said before, for Mia it's going to be like kindergarten. She's not going to miss a whole lot of learning. This is not, she's not taking any AP classes. She will be fine if we leave, you know, three days before her spring break starts. She misses three days before spring break. I don't think that it's going to ruin her educationally. So as a mom, and I know I said I was going to talk about Disney travel. I'm not going to talk about it too much. But I do want to say that we are living in the time of year that I've noticed that norovirus, or I think that's what it's called, or the stomach bug goes around around this time of year. And so I'm hoping that I can skip dealing with it because Mia's been out of school for a month. Everyone should just come into school healthy and no one should have the bug. And in fact, at her school, as soon as you walk into the classroom, I don't know if it's like this everywhere, you walk in and then you have to go to the sink to wash your hands. And then you go to a station to play, which I think is really genius because, or like not genius, like it's obviously basic rules. Your child is coming into this, the classroom environment from wherever they've been outside in their home environment, have them wash their hands before using communal toys. But just to remind you and just travel tips um antibacterial soap if you can carry that with you i do not like there's two things i do not like in public restrooms that are inevitable when you're road tripping i don't like touching the soap thingy i like when the faucets are automatic and i will not use an air dryer to dry my hands i will not i won't even let my kids do it um I think that air dryers are obviously more environmentally friendly. I think they're germ centers. I think it's just blowing away the debris of the bathroom. Um, and so I do travel in my car with paper towels and antibacterial soap because the only way to not to like remove the neurovirus germs from your hands is by soap and water. Hand sanitizer will not work. And so I think that also it's important that if you are traveling 
or if you're, this is kind of what I do, um, which is a little bit extra. I have water with me and people were doing this with COVID. I've seen parents do this with COVID, carrying water and soap with them and washing your kids' hands wherever you are if you cannot get to a bathroom. And so having the hand sanitizer, yes, but before, 100% before we eat, we're washing our hands with soap and water. Um, with little kids, it's hard to not have them touch things like railings, the walls. Um, I'm just thinking about like when we're at Disney World, like touching all these things. Just wash their hands often. Every time you pass a bathroom, wash a hand. I'm pregnant, so every time I pass a bathroom, I'm going to go to use it. We're going to go ahead and wash our hands. And if I don't like the cleanliness of the bathroom, we'll wash our hands with the, the gallon of water that I have in soap in a corner because I feel like that is the best way. And then afterwards, use hand sanitizer on top of that um, to not get sick. I'm really trying to avoid the stomach bug because that's the worst type of sickness, I think. And it's also like the, the most concerning, not the most concerning, but it's like that's when you're worried about dehydration and you're up. Like I just remember last year, it was so bad. Everyone got it in my house. Um, and then just continue this time of year mask up. I'm a big fan of putting, I don't go into stores unless without a mask. I don't, um, go to the library without a mask. I mean, if I'm at the library, there's a lot of times we go and we're the only people in the play area. Fine. You can take off your mask. No one's breathing where you are. The other thing I do, and this is just because I'm a dermaphobe and I just hate having sick kids, is our library, I've said it before, they have the big thing of like medical grade um, Clorox wipes. The germicidal ones, I think is what it's called. And even, so they have a bucket. So it's like anything that has been in a mouth or is dirty, you're supposed to put in a bin and then somebody will come and clean those toys. I don't care. As soon as we get to the, the, the cleaning area, you can ask me. And this one parent was definitely judging me. And I don't care. Judge me all you want. But my kids will be healthy, okay? Um, we went to the library on Saturday. Um, or, yeah, Saturday just to get out of the house because we were going stir crazy. And it was actually popping. They have a pups read program. So people had their dogs at the library. It was really cold outside. So there was like 15 million kids. And I was like, why is the library hopping? Like, I don't, I feel like it's never hopping like this. Usually it's pretty, you know, low key when I go, but not today. And so all these kids are playing with like the kitchen and the kitchen food. So what did I do? I started cleaning those kitchen foods. I grabbed those germicidal wipes. They keep them like in the, like right on top of the shelf with the toys in a big bin. You can just pop them. I took four of those things and I started wiping down toys because I don't know how often they go through and just wipe down toys that don't go in the clean button. I'm sure like once a day, like probably at the end of the day, they clean the toys, but that's not often enough for me. And so this other mom, I was sitting at this table, super crowded. So I'm sitting at the table next to the kitchen. My kids are playing in the kitchen. There's her son who's playing with like the big foam things that you can build with. And then she's sitting at the table on the other side of the table. We're not talking to each other because everyone's socially awkward in 2023. And, um, her kid's playing with toys. And there's this little boy who I've interacted with a couple times who keeps like getting in my face. Every time I like read a book to Mia, he wants me to read. He wants to grab a similar book and read it. And I'm like, hey, you can read with us. But he doesn't want any part of reading with us. He just wants to read the same thing we're reading next to us. Whatever. So he's coming in and out and talking to me occasionally. 
Um, anyway, so I'm talking to Mia and I'm like, what is the one thing I love to do? And Mia's like, plan. She's like, organize. She's like, I'm listing off my favorite things to do. And I'm like, okay, great. I'm going to go grab some wipes real quick. And I'm going to sit here and you can hand me the kitchen food. And as I'm pretending to eat the plates, I'm going to just start cleaning the toys. This mom is looking at me like, really? And I'm like looking at her like, yeah, I'm going to clean these toys. I don't know about you, but I don't know where they've been. Um, and honestly, every time we go to the library, I sit down and take all the bins um, with the toys and I clean them all. Like if, if, if it's not busy, like if it's just me and my kids and I know my kids are going to play with everything, I just start cleaning them. And I feel like this is an instance where it's like, you can judge me as a parent, but if you're judging me for cleaning, then that's just dumb. Because I know some people are like, germs are good for them. There's enough germs. They are exposed, okay? They go to school. They breathe in with other kids' breath. Like, ugh. there is enough germs. We don't need any more exposure. And you don't know what little child is going to pick up a piece of food toy and put it in their mouth after this other kid picked their nose and picked up that piece of, that, that toy, hot dog or whatever. That whole scenario just really disturbs me and so I'm just gonna clean all the toys before my kids want to touch them because I don't know who was picking their nose and then picking up the hot dog and pretending to eat it that's not okay now my kids have learned because I'm very much like "Uh -uh, don't put that in your mouth um not to put toy food in their mouth but sometimes they just get overexcited and boom it goes in and then I internally want to die and bleed inside so what do I do I clean all the toys judge me. I've seen other moms not give a single care in the world. If the pacifier is on the ground, they just pick it up, lick it, and put it in their kid's mouth. Now, at my house, I'll pick it up, rinse it off, and put it in my kid's mouth, but out in the world, I'm not giving you this pacifier back. Not in the world where there is stomach flu, RSV, flu, regular flu, COVID, none of that, (laughs) because I guarantee they're going to be exposed to germs. I've gone to the fair. We ride rides. We've touched germs before and we've gotten sick and it sucks. And so I am going to try my best to prevent it. And that's, as you can tell, I've been watching a lot of Ginny and Georgia because that's how Georgia talks. Um, yeah, it's just been, it's just been like a yucky, sicky type year. And we're going on, we're going on vacation in a couple of weeks and I cannot afford for a single child to get sick. Let me tell you, Mia was, my kids were constantly sick all the way up through Christmas. We didn't go to school for three weeks. No one has been sick. Knock on wood. And so I've been giving them their vitamins. I've been making them eat oranges. Um, we're just getting ready to fuel our immune systems. I'm going to go take my vitamins, make sure I'm healthy. Remember to stay super hydrated. That always helps too. Um, so that if you get something, it's like a touch of it. Like you kept, like you catch something. It's like, I got a touch of a cold and you feel better the next day. Yeah. So as mamas, we really have to hold down the fort. And I feel like we don't get enough appreciation for holding down the fort. Um, and honestly the struggle of raising kids it's one that like only you moms are gonna get potty training is a journey and if you're going through it trust me you'll eventually come out on the other side I remember when I was doing it with Mia 
And um, statistically, girls pick it up faster than boys. And I'm, that doesn't surprise me. Um, no shade to any boys. I have, I have, I'm a mom of two boys or one and a half, one and one coming. Um, but even with Mia, she, who is a girl, it, it, it took her until she was three. And I know that for some people, they're like, oh, at nine months, oh, at two and a half or whatever. Um, don't listen to those people that get it done quick because every kid is different and every circumstance is different. And if you are, a stay-at-home mom, right? And I mean like a stay-at-home mom, not a work-from-home mom, not a mompreneur, not a mom entrepreneur, a true, just like my job is my kids and my kids only, which is a very important job. The time that you have to dedicate three days or four days and not leave the house is different and to have that timer go off or to however you do your method looks different than somebody who has to get up and go to their nine to five or get up and go to work and you know they're gonna have to do it on the weekend and then that's only two days and so um give yourself grace for wherever you are and I feel like there's such a not even like a rivalry, but some people are like, being a stay-at-home mom is harder. Being a working mom is harder. Being a work-from-home mom is harder. I always say that. It's all hard. <laughs> like, despite whatever, it's hard. I'll tell you that when you leave, when you leave the house and you have to leave your kids, it's heartbreaking, right? Like, you worry about, are you having enough time? You might only get to do dinner and bedtime, and that can be stressful. On the flip side, you aren't being touched all day, so... You might not get touched out as easily because you're you don't you're you're adulting right you're out in the world adulting on the other hand as like a mom who's at home you see your kids all day and it's so rewarding I'll say that I'm thankful for my in-between position because you see your kids all day but that means that you're touched out you're dealing with kids all day you don't have alone time um, or any moments to decompress and not have someone need to. Um, so at the end of the day, everything is hard. Give all moms grace. I saw this one post. It was a reel on Facebook. And it was a mom who was judging this other mom for changing her kid's diaper at this ice skating, ice skating rink. And it was like 32 degrees outside. Um, and she was like, why not just go to the bathroom? And I feel like if you have been a mom of littles, then you know you do what you got to do when you got to do it and wherever you got to do it. It's not like she was letting her baby freeze to death, but if she has another child on the ice or if she, um, sometimes, honestly, I, I personally, as a mom, do not use bathroom changing tables. And I, I, I prefer not to ever use bathroom changing tables if it's if I can do it in my lap or in the stroller or in the car seat I will now or even on the seat of the car I will before I use a changing table um now you should be fine that's why they have those change what are those things called like a changing pad that's why they exist um the reason why I don't like to use changing tables is because one, um, long time ago, a police officer once said like, hey guys, don't put your kids on here. A lot of times people who use drugs will, will put their drugs on the changing table. And so if you're leaving your, you know, naked baby butt on the table, 
they're getting interacted with their their skin is interacting with narcotics or whatever drugs were used on the changing table. Um, another option, if you are like me and you carry Clorox wipes with you, is to wipe it. Or if you have a changing pad, that's the purpose of a changing pad. I always do a changing pad and a blanket, or I did if I ever had to use a, a changing table. But again, I I just typically do not do that. Um, I have changed my kid. If they're standing age and they're, they haven't like pooped or anything, you can change them standing. I've done that, like change them standing up instead of holding them. Um, I've changed littler babies on my lap. I've changed my kids in the backseat of the car. I have a really big trunk, so I've changed them in the trunk because I have an SUV. So, um, I mean, because at least I know what's been in and out of my car, right, compared to in and out of the stall. Also, you don't know how often they're being wiped down or if a kid is sick. And it's just this episode's all about germs and how much I cannot stand them. Now, I mean, that's that goes for like Target. I would change my kid in a Target dressing room before the bathroom. And I just also feel like, like, you know, the toilet flushes, matter flows into the air. It's all gross. I'm just not... Honestly, if I don't have to bring my child into the bathroom, I'm not going to. Now, once they are of age, me as four, um, and I'm talking about neurovirus or whatever that's going on, stomach flu um, and diarrhea and all the gross stuff, washing your hands is the only thing that kills it. However, now everyone do not go buy these wipes because I have to order mine. There are Clorox germicidal wipes that you can buy that are like bleach and kill norovirus. Normal Clorox wipes will not. Normal hand sanitizer will not. You need antibacterial soap. You need to wash your hands. And then those special Clorox wipes will. And so, like I said, I'm taking those specific wipes to Disney um, to clean the hotel, to clean anything that my kids are going to sit on. Even, like, we rent a stroller, which I think is always genius because we don't have to travel with it. Um, When it arrives, I'll clean it spray it, wipe it, and I'll sit it out on our balcony to dry for an hour or two out in the sun before I put my kids in the stroller. And I've set up my vacation so that the stroller is getting delivered on Monday at 5 p.m., which is like a little bit after we check in. Check in is Monday at 4 p.m. for us. On Tuesday, I have scheduled a resort day. So we're doing the pool. We're going to go to the playground on property. We're going to go to the game room on property, maybe. I don't know germs, but we're going to definitely do the pool, hang out, let us recover. Also, just let my kids run around and not be construct like constricted by rules. Because after being in the car for you know, 16 hours... And even though I'm going to give them chances to get out, like once we, it's mostly through the night. So it's like maybe like four hours when they're awake during the day that they're not running around. That next day, um, for me, it just makes sense to let them run around and play and not be like, stay close to mommy and blah, 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 you know, like at at, at a theme park. Um, But yeah, we hold it down and... I don't know, motherhood, Mother's Day, people are always like, and my husband has said this, my grandfather has said this, my dad doesn't care, so he's never said this, like, why do moms get so many things on Mother's Day, and on Father's Day, it's like an afterthought, like, oh, here's a tie, and I think if you 
look at the roles, the typical, because it's not like this in every household or situation. Some people have it better than others. We, we do more. We do. And we are more courteous and we think more and we just all around more. So Mother's Day has to be more. Um, I treat Mother's Day almost like a second birthday for me. Like, these are the presents I want. This is the food that I want. This is where I want to go. If I don't want to go anywhere, these are the pajamas I want. These are the slippers I want. This is where I want to happen. Um, because we, we really do a lot of the mental load. And then sometimes husbands or partners do afterthought gifts for us for like Christmas or an anniversary. It's like, oh, I got you this. And it's like, you didn't, I can tell this took no planning or thought. Um, so that's why Father's Day is like that. It's kind of like a taste of your own medicine. So maybe that was a little shady to dads. And it's not always an afterthought. I've had really good Mother's Days and I've had <laughs> like mediocre Mother's Days um, in my life with my husband. But I do feel like it is a lot. It is a lot to parent and to mom and to do all the things. Um, but anyway, so back to life. I am so tired. You guys, this pregnancy, let me just tell you, with each pregnancy, right, there's different challenges that I've faced. And so with Mia, I didn't have health problems. So the good thing was like with my first, no health problems. I was just really big. <laughs> like, like when I look at pictures of myself pregnant, I was very wide. Um, I was also, you know, pregnant in the summer. She was born at the end of July. So that could have contributed to my hugeness. But then I feel like the biggest thing with Mia was I had a 37-hour labor with Mia, with my first, right? And so it's like, ugh, that's kind of a lot. Now, with Elliot, I had gestational diabetes, and so that was very challenging in itself. It was also during the pandemic. Like, if you guys remember with Elliot's pregnancy, it was just a series of unfortunate hard events that were, like, meant to test my faith. It was like, Ethan losing his job. I had gestational diabetes. It was the pandemic. So I knew like I couldn't have any visitors in the hospital. Um, not that I love to have visitors in the hospital. Like, um, I, I wouldn't mind having visitors this time though. Um, in the hospital, I really would not mind. I think it could be kind of nice. I think I will invite, I am going to invite like a couple of my friends and like, like my, and my family as well. If they want to come, they don't have to. Um, and so then with this pregnancy, it's been interesting because, all right, this is where I'm going to get TMI, but I'm going to be real. So that's just like a warning that this might be TMI, but not really. With this pregnancy, I feel like, um, the challenges have been like, I have two other kids and so there isn't any time to take care of myself and I, I know when I talk to other moms they're like I hope you're taking care of yourself and I love that other moms recognize how hard it is to be a mom um, which is why I need mom friends in my life because like my friends don't ask like my regular friends are like hey how are you, are you taking care of yourself and so um, it's just like a lot. And then I see people who have like five kids or six kids and I'm like, wow, everyone really does have a different capacity because I couldn't, I don't 
think I could or I think I could but they'd have to be like spread out but the way my life is set up is that like I can't spend the next 30 years raising kids <laughs> like I need some of myself back too and so to have my third and final biological birth child um I'll say it's just been different and so with this pregnancy the struggle has been aside from like Elliot waking up in the middle of the night um I was breastfeeding at the first half of my pregnancy and then I stopped (laughs) which was really really great because I do like to have a little bit of a break between breastfeeding each kid because it's just breastfeeding is a lot and then you know, me has to go to school and I'm also at work and it's just like, I have a lot going on. And then I'll say that for me, my whole like pregnancy, I've had a continue, like continual UTIs, which I don't know how, but it's just like what's happening this time. Like it's not anything that's ever happened to me in my life. I'm not doing anything differently. Um, and so it was like, do these antibiotics, do these antibiotics. Now I'm on a, like, a daily antibiotic just to make sure it doesn't come back. And so there's that. And then I'm getting ready to do the glucose test, which I'm thankful that, like, they didn't make me do it early, but then I wouldn't mind if they made me do it early. But then it's just, like, the lingering anxiety of having that kind of hang over me. But then at the same time, I look at it as, like, I'm doing my best and whatever happens, happens. There's not a whole lot I can control over this gestational. I can like declare and proclaim that like in Jesus name, I'm healthy and whole, that I will not have it again. But at the end of the day, like that's all I can do is have faith. I'll be okay. And like obviously eat well, but I will tell you that it's been very hard for me to eat well. And I acknowledge that maybe I'm not eating enough. Um, and so, like I've said before, I'm trying to at least add into my daily, and I, this is what I have been doing, um, life is that like at 2 or 3 p.m., I will do a smoothie with like um, bananas, either protein powder or peanut butter, depending on my, like, my taste. And you might think that sounds gross, but I'm all about peanut butter in a smoothie. Um, whatever other fruit I have, like frozen strawberries and blueberries and stuff too. I'll add my greens to that. I'll add, um, collagen to that and just try to boost myself nutritionally that way. Um, because, it does get to the point some days in the morning where it's like, I only had a couple bites to eat for breakfast and a couple bites to eat for lunch. And I need to just make sure I'm getting nutrients. I mean, calories are important, but more so nutrients. Um, and so the other thing that's been hard with this pregnancy is insomnia. I've never really suffered from insomnia before. I do have like a pattern of not sleeping the greatest. Um, but to have insomnia on top of not sleeping great is not even remotely fun and so it's been really bad like really really bad and it just gets progressively worse as at least in this past two weeks it's gotten progressively worse and I'm I'm wondering like do I have a lot on my mind um and or like what is it and I don't know what exactly it is I do tend to have like 
hard spiritual dreams. Um, and that can contribute to me not sleeping well. And I really hate when that happens. But aside from that, I also just haven't, I will lay in bed for what feels like hours. And maybe I fall asleep, but not for long. And I'd look at the clock and it's like, okay, now it's one o'clock. And then I try and now it's two o'clock. And I look back at the clock and now it's 3.30. And then I finally get into good sleep, probably after three, like between four and, you know, six is when I start to sleep. But then most of the time I have to be up, you know, at or before six. And so it's like, I'm not getting enough sleep and there's no time in the day to nap that like my rest is just not where it needs to be. I'm, I'm, I'm really, really physically, um, exhausted. And so what has helped a little bit is I can, there is like, you can take Unisum, just make sure it's the right kind while you're pregnant. You can actually take it for nausea and I tried it and it wasn't strong enough. So I had to get a prescription when I was earlier on in my pregnancy, but I don't like to take medicine, um, every day. I don't like that type of stuff. Um, and so I'm, and also like if the more you take something, the less effective it becomes over time and all of that. And so I will take it on days where I'm like, I need sleep. I can't afford not to sleep. I need to do something in the morning, but I will say this next really two months I'm acknowledging are going to be, um, working really hard and it's fine. But the other thing is that Ethan and I, and this is just me being real now. Um, I would say we make pretty good money natural, like in our jobs. Um, but inflation sucks and we acknowledge that we're having another child and there's things we would like to pay for. There's things that we would like to, to get that are, you know, not cheap. And so he has been working every weekend refereeing and I have been working every weekend at my job um, from home. And I think what I'm not going to do this after our trip, but you know, I'm doing it right now because we're going on a trip and I want to have more spending money on our trip. But um, is that him working, you know, he'll work like seven, he'll leave the house at seven, get home at three on Saturday, and then he might do the same on Sunday. And so what ultimately ends up happening is, and if I work, I work a similar schedule. It's just different when I'm at home. Like I, I have the freedom to get up, stop, play for a little bit and things like that. But, um, what's happening is, is we're losing some family time and we're losing some time with each other because, you know, if he didn't have work on Saturday and we didn't have plans, which we haven't had plans in a long time, it feels like, um, you know, we might go, let's go to the indoor playground. Let's go, if it's warm enough, the zoo, let's go do something or let's have fun movie day or let's take the kids to the library this morning, put them down for a nap and have some couple time and, we're just really working hard these next couple months um, so that once and the ref the season that he's going to be refereeing isn't going to last forever. And then even if he were to continue to do it later in the spring, there wouldn't be quite as many games. And so 
it's definitely like a, like for the next two months, this is really going to suck, but it is hard also, um, because I, I am pregnant. It's hard to be, my body hurts. I'm exhausted. Um, I'm emotional and I naturally cry when I'm exhausted. And so it's definitely been challenging. And I'm also going to be honest about what has happened, um, with my goals and stuff for this year as well. And what I've decided and things like that. I am still looking at my options to to get the license, right, um, and all of that, but I was supposed to start in January, but financially speaking, in January, I, want, I wanted to pay things off and to pay bills off. Like, I had two cars, one just got paid off, you know, and things like that. And so it was like weighing, you know, the price of the class with the goal. And so now with us working so much, it was, you know, all of the money that we're about to take on our Disney trip, I could use to, to, to put towards my class and we could not go. And I, cause that was the plan. Like we were not going to go on a trip at all, to be honest, um, until I had that idea to go. And I was just going to, if we were not going, I would have bought my I would have paid for my class um, now and started now, which was the original goal. And so what does that look like? Did I just fail because I'm not sticking to my timeline or what? And here's what I'll say about it. It would have been smart to do that, yes, but it's not the end of the world that I didn't. And I feel like this time with my family is a little more important to me. That means I'll have to hustle a little bit harder because I have to finish before the end of April, but it's about six weeks. If I start in March, I'll finish in time. Um, the beginning of March, you know, four weeks till the end, I'll finish like just in time. Um, or even if I start at the end of February, which is more likely what's going to happen is I'll start at the end of February and try to finish up before take my test before the baby is born. Um, And if it doesn't happen that way, take the test soon after the baby is born. I'll have to look at what my options are for that. But it's just life. You know what I mean? Like, it's just life. And my kids are only going to be little once. This is such a short span of time where it's just me and Elliot for the rest of their lives. Like, Come the end of April, it'll not be just Mia and Elliot. There will be another person they have to consider. They will have another sibling. And they're already doing that. Like, if I'm like, mommy is tired, can you give me, like, 10 minutes? They're like, okay, the baby's tired. Or if I'm hungry. And Mia's so sweet that, like, (sighs) she's heard Ethan say a lot of times to me, like, you need to eat. Um, 
you need to just stop for a minute and eat because like when you get free moments you have decisions you can make i can clean i can go do this one thing i can eat so he she's heard ethan say to um me a couple times like mom you need to, to uh, ethan you, or Britt, you need to stop and eat the kids are eating eat with the kids and i'm really bad about eating with the kids because i hate being interrupted I've talked about this before but now like i'll sit and give the kids their plates and mia will be like mom where's your plate and I'll be like, I'm going to eat mine when you're done. And she's like, well, make sure you eat it because so the baby's not hungry. And so she's already like thinking about her, her brother. Um, but I did, I did feel really kind of bad about pushing my class off for like a month to go on this trip. And um, here's what I'll say. I spend a lot of time... <laughs> or a good amount of time looking at what older people say their regrets were in life or what older people say their advice is in life. Because I think that when you're 70, 80, 90 years old, you've, if you've had kids, you've raised them. Like if you had a career, you've done it in for the most part. And so I really do value the, the wisdom from, you know, the older generation. I think that Yes, we might be more technically savvy and yes, we might know better means and techniques for parenting, but they know some things about life that I obviously don't know because I haven't lived it. And so um, just seeing advice like, you know, in the end, everything works out. Um, life is not a rat race. Like <laughs> work will always be there. Your family might not um, or that person that you love might not. And so... I really take to heart some of their advice. Um, and now, and then I, I'm trying to apply that. And so for me, I know my kids are only going to be little once. That gets me the, that gets me the most emotional. Probably all moms, they're only going to be little once. You blink and they're so much bigger. I was looking at videos of 2020 when I like had just had Elliot and Mia was two cutest little girl. And she still is like cute. She's like every age. It's like bittersweet. Um, because there's something so, so, so sweet about babies and toddlers. But then Mia, who's four, like she's moving into kid territory. She's smart. <laughs> she's funny. She has her own opinion. Like there's, there's cool things that you see as your kids get older. Um, but I, I don't know. I really value that you're only little once. And for instance, our last trip to Disney you know, I've had friends like, you're going to take your one-year-old? Like, what? He's not going to remember. Mia doesn't even really remember when I talk to her about it. But I know she'll remember this one. And I, and I remember the first time she ever went. And those memories are special to me and the pictures of me. And I have a picture of me, like, breastfeeding during um, a parade. That's special. That picture is special to me for some reason. Like, just don't forget while you're, like, pursuing your goals and while you're working towards your next thing to also, like, live your life and let yourself breathe. Because as a, like, as a task-oriented, goal-oriented, driven career type of person, it does get hard when it feels like all life is is work. And um, honestly, I need the mental break where what I do every day is up to me. You know, unfortunately, like having a job means that what I do every day and Mia going to school, I have to get up and get her dressed and make her breakfast by a certain time. I have to log on to work by a certain time and I do it most of the time so I can get off early and play with the kids. You guys know that drill, but 
don't forget to live. And so we're going to go live and do our trip. And I'm really excited for it. But now I want to share with you guys some things I saw that I thought were good advice. Okay, so this podcast is going to be a little bit longer because I do want to, I do want to look at these things with you all. So here's what I saw on Facebook. It was advice. It was advice for people in their early, like from their 20s to their early 30s. And so, um, and I think this is advice that you can take no matter how old you are. The first is normalize walking some paths alone because goals are personal. No one has your dreams. Now, if you guys don't know, that's been one of the biggest areas of life in my marriage. Not that it's been necessarily bad, but the difference has been like my real estate goals and desires, my podcast goals and desires, my even like house situational goals and desires are different than Ethan's. Um, and of course, like we both want to buy a house next year, right? We both want, you know, certain things in our home, but my specific goals of accomplishing this entrepreneurial life and lifestyle are mine. And I can't expect him to want to do it. And I can't expect him to have those same things. And so even like with friends that I think would be good as I open up certain businesses and I start doing certain things that I think wouldn't be excellent to do, to work with and to, to fit them, I can't make them have those goals as well. And so that's excellent advice that I probably could have used. have been there um sometimes you're like no 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 I'm really right just like let it go um <clears throat> there is even when you trust your close friends and family don't tell them everything I've talked about this before I think that one if you you shouldn't tell them everything especially if it's about your marriage because they'll they won't forget the hard or the hurt that has happened but you will move on from it and they might not the other thing is sometimes whenever we have desires to Like, for instance, I desire to move to the South, um, not to the South, <laughs> like not, I specifically desire to move to Georgia. Um, it's something that I, I'm really, you guys know this, really looking into, really interested in, really considering and asking like my grandma and my mom and my, should I go? They're going to want me to stay because they love my kids, but career options might be different. House options, like Sometimes as much as people love you, they can negatively influence your decisions or hold you back, right? Like for me to like quit my job and do whatever, everyone would tell me not to, but who knows what kind of doors that would open. Um, And so I feel like don't, with some big decisions, with some life decisions, it's okay to keep some things to yourself. And it's hard because I actually have never kept anything from my mom <laughs> before as an adult. I tell her everything because she's such a prayer warrior. And I feel like, but I'm also at the point where I'm like trying not to rely on her and rely on myself more. But I also like listen to my instincts and she's let me like fall and like do whatever. Um, but I do feel like on everything. 
Train yourself to take nothing personally and you save yourself from mental Um, but five is you should realize no one is coming to save you. Your life is one responsibility. I think that's a good one. Sometimes we blame our our partners or um, like our circumstances on, you know, what is happening, like what we want to change on other people. Like if you want to change an aspect of your life, it's your responsibility. So like if you want to go vegan, if you want to eat healthier, but your partner doesn't, it's not their responsibility to do that lifestyle with you unless they choose to. Um, now, obviously, it's nice to be supportive. And I have heard and I have seen that, like, when you just start making healthier habits, they naturally will, too. It might not be as extreme if you're doing an extreme kind of lifestyle change, but... Now, I I have um, dreams, and I complain a lot about, <laughs> I'm bloody, I am somebody who complains a lot, but I just want my life to look like this. Actually working on that dream is probably the hardest thing as an adult, and as a parent, and as a mother, because the time that you had, and the other thing is that if you're not a mom, for instance, if you don't have kids, you can become complacent in your schedule and in your life because you think, oh, I'll have time to do that or I'll get to that later and it doesn't get done. It's easy to say, I want to do this for a career. I wanted to have this kind of house. I want to do, you know, I want to go to this place. But to actually sit down and say, okay, how am I going to do that and work on it every day is so hard. But it's something that I feel like I'm decent at because I'm doing stuff. Number seven is your current job doesn't care about you. They only pay you enough to kill your dreams. <sighs> that one's like kind of stings. I would say that my current managers care about me, right? But the job itself at the end of the day provides, for instance, for me as somebody who, you know, does not desire to work for somebody who desires to work for myself. Um, in a way, if I was not tied to this job, I'd have many more hours to focus on my dreams, right? Um, and when you are single and when you don't have kids, you might not think about, okay, my after work hours or my early morning hours should be spent working on a dream. I do think a lot of us in, in real life have to do a job while we work towards whatever it is that we desire, whether that is like financial freedom through investment and not actually having to work, whether that is to open a company or a fitness program for moms because You've struggled with your body image after motherhood. Whatever the like goal is, you unfortunately, and at least for me, and I'm speaking mostly about working moms, have responsibilities. And so when I think about my job, it's like, oh, I'd feel so bad leaving them. At the end of the day, if I want my dream to come true, I'm going to have to eventually leave them. Um, and so they pay you enough to kill your dreams because a lot of people get complacent because, oh, I'm making good money. I have good benefits. I have retirement. I can take care of my family. Is it really so bad? When you start saying, is it really so bad? You're kind of like allowing that dream to sit in the back burner because now you're like, hmm, the other people have it worse. And I, I'm somebody who has done this and my husband's somebody who has done this. Like, hmm, I actually have it pretty good. 
you know, I actually am not doing too bad. I can go, afford to go on three vacations a year or, or two vacations a year or one vacation. You know, I, other people don't get to do that at all. So I'm okay. But my dream for myself is to be able to vacation monthly, like to be able to be like, mm. and if I don't necessarily want to, you know, I don't have to, but like kind of like with this last minute Disney trip, like at the drop of the hat, I want to be like, you know what, we're going to Hawaii and we go. And so I do believe you just have to remember, like, it's okay. It's good to be thankful. Like I'm thankful. I'm thankful for my retirement. I'm thankful for the investments I get through my company. I'm thankful for my health insurance. I'm thankful for my paid maternity leave. I'm thankful for the my paycheck. That, that's pretty good for someone my age. I'm thankful to be doing something I think is impactful. I'm thankful for those things. But I'm not going to stay just because I have good things. Like there's always some, there's, I got to chase what I want to do. All right. Y'all know how I feel about that. Um, Your marriage to your partner remains to be your greatest financial, physical, and emotional decision. Marry wrong and you'll suffer forever. The truth. If you are somebody who desires financial freedom or wants to live comfortably or just whatever, if you marry somebody who has a lot of debt or is very bad with money, you're going to be... When you're married, finances are tied. Even if you have separate accounts, you have to pay for your house, home, electricity, food, water, shelter. Um, physical and emotional decision, yes, I agree. I'm not going to go much into that. Number nine, free yourself from society's advice. Most of them have no idea what they're doing. I agree with this. Um Um, a lot of people in society give advice. I'm somebody who does that, right? But what's worked for one person in one situation in one year at one phase in their life with their odds and the people that they know may or may not work for you. And so when it comes to society, everyone's like, go keto. Everyone's like, be vegan. Everyone has all these opinions about how you should eat and what you should do and how you should live and just do you. Take advice from those who are older than you because they've walked through life, but everyone's story and circumstances are different. Um, And so what's worked for one person might not work for another. What works for one person might not work for another. And so, I mean, I do feel like there's advice that you can listen to that's good. But for instance, with breastfeeding, there's a lot of advice to take like phono Greek. Um, that stuff killed my supplies with supplies, <laughs> killed my breast su- milk supply with Mia. Now, I've seen it work really well for other people. Uh, for me, it didn't. And with Elliot, I had none of that kind of supplementary stuff um, and all of that. But not, um, phone Greek didn't work for me. Number 10, realize the value of your life. You need to cut 99% of your friends who don't help you grow. That's a hard one to do. I feel like there's like levels of friends. Um, some friends can be a distraction. Some friends can, I don't know, hold you back, especially if they're naysayers or if they're like, hmm. Um, so I do believe that. Uh, 11, it's better to have one friend who's happy for you, supports your win, encourages encourages your dreams than a bunch of acquaintances who are lazy, self-centered, and jealous of your success. I do, 
you guys know how I feel about my friendships and relationships. I actually kind of struggle with my friendships emotionally myself, you know, because I do feel that I am a harder friend, not in all my friendships. There's a couple that are like, these are my people. But in some friendships, I do feel like for me, a friend is going to show up at my baby shower. My friend is going to ask how I'm doing. My friend is going to check in. And I've seen advice like, I've I've seen the opposite advice. If everyone has their own problems, don't expect anyone to care about you. But I do feel like all relationships are a two-way street. And so if I'm giving more and at some point you never give that back, like there's seasons. Sometimes I might be in the position to give more, like check on you more. Emotionally, I'm more available. And at other times, maybe you're emotionally more available and you're checking on me more. That's fine. But if I'm always the one that says, hey, let's hang out, if I'm always the one that says, let's do this, you shouldn't have to, your friendship shouldn't have to be a job. And so um, I really do feel like in motherhood, I have lost a lot of friends. Like I've lost a lot of, a lot of friends. I have a lot of acquaintances now and that's fine. Um, And that doesn't mean I don't love and care and support and root for my acquaintances, But for me, my friends, I talk to regularly. Um, I pray for my friends. And if I'm, and like, (laughs) I don't have time to pray for everybody. But um, I mean, I guess I could with my acquaintances, you know. If you haven't checked in on me this pregnancy, the past nine months, and I know I've talked to you, I don't consider you my friend. That sounds harsh, but it's true. Like, I have two children. I'm over here hustling and hardened, and if you don't ever think, like, I wonder how Britt's doing, whereas I often think, I wonder how whoever's doing. I'm just definitely in this mental place of, like, I can't carry people. I'm, I'm too tired. I have too much going on to be the only one facilitating friendships, and unfortunately, and it hurts my, like, it hurts my feelings, whatever. I've talked about it before. It doesn't matter. Moving on. 12, you cannot accept honesty from people who even lie to themselves. That's a good time. And that's, I mean, that's the good truth. Um, number 13, you'll be 10 times happier if you forgive your parents and stop blaming them. I don't have a hard relationship with my parents, so I don't blame them um, for anything. I just think they're parents. Number 14, if you continue waiting for the right time, you'll waste your whole life and nothing will happen. 100%, there's not a right time to get married. There's not a right time to have a baby. There's not a right time to get a new job. Whatever you want to do, you definitely have to go for it. 15, maturity comes with acknowledging you know nothing and take time to learn from everyone. And that's about it for the advice. So anyway, that was just some advice I saw that I thought some of it was helpful. Um, And you can take away what you will. (laughs) This episode's running long, so I'm going to go ahead and leave because I'm tired. But... I want you all to have a good week. I want you all to take care of yourself. Think of one thing you can do for yourself this week um, to take care of yourself, whether that is to make, you know, pre like to crock pot a really yummy meal, whether that is to um, go to the gym once, like baby steps. Maybe it's to like book an appointment to get a massage next month. Like even if it's not immediate instant gratification, just think of one thing that is good for you. That would be good for your mental and and do it. Take care of yourself. One thing that's just solely good for you. All right. If you have not, don't forget um, to that this month's uh, 
Focus Charity is Fountain of Hope, providing um, resources for clean water to those who have no access to it. Very important. Don't forget to follow the podcast at Christian Mom Uncensored. Don't forget to send me a DM if you listen to the podcast to say, hey, what's up? Because I love talking to you all. And anyway, be safe, be well. Have a great week. Bye.